0: The following is a discussion about the Endocrine Society's upcoming annual meeting, Endo 2019, which will take place from March 23rd through the 26th at the Ernest N. Morial Convention Center in New Orleans, Louisiana. For more information about the meeting, including the scientific program, registration, and housing, visit our meeting webpage at endo2019.org. You can also find a link on our podcast webpage www.endocrine.org slash podcast. There you can also find other podcast episodes. The following interview was recorded online during a webinar that included a telephone connection. Hello, I'm Aaron Lohr.
1: And I'm Caitlin Underchuk.
0: And this is the
2: Endocrine News Podcast. Today we're talking about Endo, the world's largest meeting in endocrinology research and clinical care. This event is expected to draw between eight and 9,000 people and will be held in New Orleans. It's an exciting meeting with much to offer, but it can be a little daunting, particularly for newcomers. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how to navigate this meeting, make the most of your time, and well, have fun. We're delighted to have on the podcast with us Dr. Mike Tuttle, Clinical Director of Endocrinology Service and attending physician at Memorial Hospital for Cancer and Allied Diseases in New York City. He is also an endocrinologist at Memorial Sloan-Kettering Cancer Center and Professor of Medicine at Weill Medical College of Cornell University. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Tuttle. Good morning. Thank you. So we're excited to have Dr. Tuttle with us because it just so happens that he is giving a presentation at Endo entitled Endo A to Z, How to Get the Most from the Annual Meeting. So first, Dr. Tuttle, I have to ask, do you remember your first Endo? (laughs) Uh,
3: Sadly, I do. It was uh, 1990. I had just finished my residency and hadn't actually started my fellowship yet, but they thought it would be great for me to go to the Endocrine Society. I signed in, got this three-inch-thick booklet and thought, oh, my God, what did I sign up for? Lots of mice, lots of science, lots of research, Uh, but I found some clinical things to attend. So needless to say, that first experience was a little shocking. I don't think I've hardly missed a meeting since then, but, yeah, it was a little overwhelming to look at that big booklet of all the, what at that time to me was fancy science and clinical and all these famous names. So, yeah, a little daunting, as you said, to say the least.
1: You know, that's very similar to my first academic conference experience as well. I was a a junior in college, presenting my research for the first time in one of these large conferences, and I was just overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed with the amount of science being presented, all of the posters, the plenaries. I didn't want to miss a thing, but there was no way to possibly get to everything. And I would really have loved to have someone talk to me a bit beforehand, kind of point me towards where and how I could best take advantage of everything that the meeting was offering. So I'm hoping that this episode, talking to you, can kind of serve that role for others, especially trainees, students. So can we first try to help folks envision what their experience at Endo may look like? Can you describe the general structure of the meeting? Can you talk about whether there are plenaries, posters, networking opportunities, that sort of thing?
3: Yeah. So, you know, the Endocrine Society has recognized it can completely be daunting. And so the very first lecture on the first day for our endocrine trainees is a talk that I usually give or one of the senior people gives about exactly this topic. How do you figure out this great big meeting and what's it look like? And I think I was in the society for 15 years before I understood the structure. Um, The basic structure is, to me, the plenaries, which is where all eight or 9,000 of us gather together in a single room to hear, like, cutting-edge stuff that crosses across all of whatever aspects of endocrinology we're doing. And then the meeting itself is sort of three buckets, sort of a clinical bucket, a basic science bucket, and a translational symposium bucket. And so you'll see most of the presentations listed as one of those general outlines, but there's also oral abstracts of brand new research that people are presenting, uh, poster sessions, which are some of my favorite where people are standing by their posters and you can actually go up to them and discuss what they're doing. The posters are arranged by topic areas. And so if you're presenting in one of those poster sessions, or if you're interested in one of those areas, it's a great place to actually meet people that are doing that same sort of science. So it's, it's a big meeting, but, you kind of divide it up into great big talks and smaller talks and smaller networking activities throughout the course of the several days.
2: I want to talk a little bit about those networking opportunities. You know, Some people may just come to Endo to present or to, just to hear the latest research. Can you talk a little bit about why it's important to meet new people, both peers and senior people in the field? And then how does Endo help facilitate those connections?
3: You know, I think it's really critical. You know, if if the networking wasn't so important, we could sit on our computers all across the world and not bother to go to one place. This is a big commitment of time and effort and money. And so when we're there, I've often said most of the activities I get out of the Endocrine Society happen in the hallway or over lunch or in meetings in between or in the poster sessions where I'm talking to my peers and my colleagues. And now that I'm old, talking to mentors and mentees. Um, about sort of their work that they're doing and, and really interacting. So I find the Endocrine Society many times feels more like a family. It's an old home place for us. Um, you'll see a lot of us standing in the hallways talking. Um, honestly, most of the time we're not talking about science. We're talking about our families and friends and connections and who got a job here or there. So I'll often tell the trainees that networking isn't something that just happens. I describe something called intentional networking. Go to the poster sessions that have the area that you're interested in. Go to the abstract rooms, because the abstract rooms are typically smaller, and that'll be people presenting along a similar topic. The people in the audience will be the senior people interested in that topic, and you may find yourself in a room with only 20 or 30 people, including five or six people whose papers you've just read the week before. The ones of us that are out there, if we're out there in the hallways, if we're walking through the poster sessions. We want people to interact with us and ask us about our research. Tell us about your research. That's sort of one of the things that makes Endocrine Society very, very unique. I'll tell the trainees, if you see me talking in the hallway with another senior thyroid person, come interrupt us. Come say hi. Tell us where you are. Tell us about your poster. My experience at Endocrine Society from the time I was a young fellow was that this interaction and this being able to talk to people that I thought were famous and I'd only just read their papers, turned out to be just really nice men and women that are very interested in promoting endocrinology. And if we know about your career and the things you're working on, if there's things that we can do to help with that, we certainly will.
1: I think that's really nice to hear because I think looking back on my own experiences and then knowing uh, other early career uh, students and postdocs and trainees, They can be nervous about approaching the the scientists that they've been reading about. Uh, So it's really great to hear that, for many people, it's great to have students and trainees approach them and and ask questions to talk about their their research.
3: All of us have an ego that you can barely imagine. So if you come up and tell me you liked my last paper, you're instantly my friend. Uh, (laughs) You know, maybe don't criticize me, maybe don't tell me about a typo you found in there, but You know, those are things that we want to talk about. That's why we go to the meetings. And and I routinely tell folks, don't be afraid to talk to us. If I'm busy, uh, I'll tell you, wait just a minute or meet me in 10 minutes or meet me in five minutes. But honestly, if I'm having a serious meeting, you'll be able to tell we're over in the corner somewhere. We're looking at some paper. None of us will ever yell at you for interacting with us. There are times that I'm tired and I don't want to interact. I know where to go hide. That's okay. We know how to do that. But when we're out in the sessions and when we're out, that's what we see as part of our job, that's our mentoring. And honestly, that's what we enjoy. That's why we go to the Endocrine Society meeting.
1: So another thing that I think about for first-timers to endo are opportunities for the trainees. Can you tell us a little bit about what endo might have for them and how they can find these resources?
3: Endocrine Society is very focused on trainees and, and even people early in their career, you know, their first or second or third meeting, There is very purposeful planning that goes into this, a whole group that's really dedicated to meeting the needs of uh, trainees and early career resources. It really starts with the early career forum, which is that one-day meeting that happens the day before the annual meeting, a phenomenal amount of information and activities that goes on there. And then it tracks through what we call career development workshops. All during the meeting on each day, we dedicate a room. To the trainees and the early career people, where you'll have meetings in that room every time. There's usually some snacks and drinks in the back. Uh, don't tell the rest of the old people that it's there. Uh, but designed <laughs> specifically, yeah, otherwise we'll come drink your coffee. Designed specifically to meet needs and topics of early career people that talk about funding and interviewing and finding the right job and how do you deal with conflict. And if you're a foreign trainee, how do you deal with the US visa system? You know, all things that are not necessarily heavy-duty science, but things that are really critical to both our basic science and clinical trainees to kind of make that leap out of training and early career into their first lab or job or clinical area. There is so much on there. You pretty much have to use either the app or the website, and it's clearly marked under training and education, early career resources, and you'll find page after page of activities and it's really designed where you could sort of meander through the whole meeting in and out of the other educational pieces, but always coming back home to really watch your peer group is that early trainees and early career people.
2: So you mentioned how many different activities there are so many so that the app becomes a really helpful guide in the process. But the one thing I really love about endo is as big as it is, there always seems to be something new and different each year. So what's new at endo this year that we can look forward to?
3: It's always a challenge every year to come up with something new. And certainly all of us are fairly competitive. If we're doing the programming that year, we want it to be better than last year and the years before. I think one of the things that I'm excited about this year is what we've called enhanced science pathways. Sometimes these are called meetings within a meeting. And what it is, is it's a pathway that carries you through the meeting from various venue to venue. You have receptions with thought leaders that you're talking with your peers. It's a group of people basically going from talk to talk within the meeting. And this year the focus is gonna be on neuroendocrinology, neuroreceptors and gene regulation and reproductive endocrinology. So it meets the needs of both. That's the talks you would normally be going to anyway because you have interest in that. We make sure they don't overlap. And you're going to be ideally in that same meeting area with the same group of people for several days to really foster that interaction, to learn sort of the players in the field and what people are thinking. The other thing that's sort of expanded on are the guided poster discussions. These are fun because you just trail around and you have senior people going from poster to poster picking out the most important things. And then, of course, this year, one that's brand new is a small uh, bioinformatics workshop that I think is relatively small and will only host a certain number of people. So you need to sign up for it. But again, identifying a need that was out there and programming specifically for that need. So, you know, I think it's going to be an exciting meeting. You don't want to change everything because there are certain parts of it that work great. And it's always interesting to see how many of these new initiatives work and then move forward.
1: So it sounds like there's definitely a lot to do in taking it endo. And at times that can actually be exhausting. Can you provide us with some advice on not getting overwhelmed and also trying to find time afterwards to reflect on the experience?
3: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's one of the things that I talk about in my opening talk. Don't use the app to schedule every minute because you can find programming from six in the morning till about 9 p.m. almost every day. Um, If you do that, your brain will fry. You won't learn anything. You you can't possibly do that. That's not the purpose of the meeting. The purpose of the meeting is not for you to go to every class like it's, you know, high school, eight hours a day. Uh, The purpose is to pick and choose. I tell people you have to program time to think, not time to think after the meeting, because we all know when the meeting's over, we got to go catch up for being gone for a week. But programming time to think, programming quiet time. As I'm doing my day-to-day schedule, I build in there an hour or two as when can I reflect on the lectures that I heard that morning. And Sometimes the quiet time is just meeting with one or two other people that are my peers that we're talking stuff through. But I think it has to be you know, very much a plan that you're not going to exhaust yourself by trying to go to everything, prioritize things that are important, find time to think, find time to get away from the meeting find time to visit. Uh, We always have the meetings in wonderful cities that have wonderful activities and, you know, arrange with some of your friends to sneak out for lunch or sneak out for an afternoon. Um, All of that is part of networking. All of that is part of the meeting. And honestly, those are some of the most enjoyable things that I remember from the meeting of the things that we did in and around the meeting that wasn't necessarily sitting and listening to a lecture or looking at a poster. So all this talk about endo is getting me kind of excited. <laughs> you know, kind of,
2: I'm really looking forward to it. I'm um, Hopefully a lot of our listeners are as well. But for the person on the fence, they're not yet committed to coming to endo, but they're seriously considering it. What would you tell them?
3: Come one time, you'll be blown away. Whether you're a basic scientist or whether you're a clinical person, all the people that are doing cutting-edge either research or if you're a clinician, some of the best clinicians in the world, come to endocrine society to teach what they're doing. The wealth of opportunities, the wealth of information, and you'll find the Endocrine Society just a completely friendly place. From the administrators to everybody helping us get to rooms to you name it, you'll find a family, you'll find people with common interests. So I find if we can talk people into coming one time, then it goes onto their calendar every year and becomes just how could I keep up with endocrinology without attending this meeting and knowing what's cutting edge.
1: So, as you can tell, we're pretty excited for Endo and it will be here shortly. For listeners wanting more information and to view the meeting program, please be sure to visit endo2019.org. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Tuttle. This was a really great conversation.
3: Thanks very much. I look forward to seeing you guys at the next meeting.
1: In March 2019, the Endocrine Society will highlight endocrinology research performed by women with a special online thematic issue of papers, along with social media outreach, podcast interviews, and more. Being published in Endocrine Society thematic issues provides a great opportunity to authors, as our thematic issues reach a global audience of influential researchers and substantially increase the visibility of your work. We are asking for your nominations of papers published in Endocrine Society journals from female academics whose research has inspired you and that has contributed to endocrinology-related science in the past two years. Published papers can be from current or retired, early career or established, well-known, or up-and-coming academics from the US or international research community, and must include a woman first or senior author. Nominated papers must have been published in an Endocrine Society journal within the last two years. Selection for this special collection will be determined by a panel of research scientists, clinicians, editors, Endocrine Society committee members, and women in endocrinology organization officers. For more information Find the link for this Women in Endocrinology collection on our podcast page. That's www.endocrine.org slash podcasts. Thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing you at Endo and to see your nominations for our Women in Endocrinology collection.
0: Endocrine News Podcasts are a free service of the Endocrine Society. To learn more or to become a member, visit the Society's website at www.endocrine.org.